Thanks, Joe. <clears throat> and I'd like to welcome everybody. Uh, sorry about my voice. I, uh, it's amazing how many times I've been sick since that Super Bowl. I think we were, we, at least I used everything up going through that year. So the last month has been uh, up and down health-wise, but it was, it's been all worth it. But uh, I would like to say, you know, and as I was talking to Peyton earlier. Uh, hey, everybody, you are tuned in now to Sports Social now. with Ed Easton. Um, we are, it's actually my first show. It's not live right now for a lot of people that are tuning in. Um, but here's the thing. It's very rare that you have probably the best quarterback in history retire. And, and you know, I'm not a lot of people make a big deal out of it. And obviously, we know we're talking about Peyton Manning here. Peyton Manning calling it a career after 18 years in the NFL, all-time leading passer in pretty much every major statistical category in the NFL. Um, they're starting at the press conference right now as we speak. And it's it's going to be very interesting to see you know how they're going to send them off. Obviously, the Broncos they just won a, they just won the Super Bowl about a month ago, so um, it's going to be a, a very very uh, emotional time. They're already showing. Uh, I'm just giving you a little visual of the um, of what's happening. Peyton's showing some tears already. He hasn't even taken a podium yet. Uh, we're waiting for him to take the podium. Uh, currently, John Elway, who is the um, he is a uh, president of the Broncos. He is currently giving a little speech, and he's also choked up. So uh, we're gonna keep it. Uh, we're gonna keep it to it. You know, keep an eye on the situation. But I guess this is a time to, you know, actually introduce myself. Everybody that will be listening, whether it's via the podcast. My name is Ed Easton. I'm gonna be hosting the sports show here on Soundcast FM um, from one to three, and uh, it's gonna be called Sports Social. Mainly, I, I want everybody to be involved in the show. So. I have my social media handle, which is at Ed Easton Jr. Follow me on that. I'm going to be going back and forth with people, you know, during the week when we are live and um, just describing what's going on in sports. There's going to be a lot of breaking news because this show is done during the day, which is a, a lot different from most shows that you have on nowadays, especially in the Internet in internet world. It seems like a lot of those shows come on at night. This show is done during the day, just like your lunchtime hour. If you want to have a late lunch from 1 to 3 p.m., why not have it with me? So, uh, like I said, once again, we're awaiting the uh, the uh, press conference right now for Peyton Manning retiring from the NFL after 18 years. Um, like I said, we're going to go into deep detail in regards to Peyton Manning's career, what he brought to the game, and how he was such an upstanding citizen. Um, uh, his last run, obviously, with the Broncos, he finally, for the first time, you know, he faced the injury bug. And I'm not going to count the, the whole neck surgery where he missed the entire season, uh, I'm going to count this one because this was in the middle of the season. He had to miss some games. Brock Osweiler took over, did a pretty good job. Will most likely be the starting quarterback for the Broncos moving forward. He uh, delayed this whole decision about a good couple of months just for the simple fact that I don't know if he's having an issue with it. I don't know if he's having an issue with the fact that Osweiler is going to be, you know, the the new starting quarterback with, you know, Elway hasn't really made a decision regarding that. But uh, Manning wasn't sure if he was going to come back. That was the biggest discrepancy. And uh, I think he, he figured it out yesterday that it's just the right time. This is the right time to uh, call it a day, to call it a career. Uh, the guy did so much for this league. And, and it, it makes sense. I mean, come on. You know, the great win he had in the Super Bowl against the Carolina Panthers. Now, we could all say it was the defense. And, yes, it was the defense. But... Peyton did throw the uh, critical touchdown pass as well as the two-point conversion to help put the game out of reach against Carolina. 
So it's going to be interesting. I'm very, very curious to see what he's going to do afterwards. Is he going to be a guy that's going to be in the front office? He has such a great personality, as we all know, with what he's done with, with Papa John's and, and his other endorsement deals. You know, of course, everybody knows the uh, the classic jingle for the nationwide commercial. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, I, I, I could see him doing broadcasting. I, I could also see him coaching such a great mind. And uh, it looks like we're going to tune in now. This is via Nine News on uh, the Denver NBC affiliate, and we're going to tune in now to uh, Peyton Manning's press conference. Um, first off, Peyton, I just want to say thanks to you and your family for giving me the opportunity today to be a part of this, be a small part of this. Uh, I think it's well documented. Obviously, I've, I've been with Peyton one year. Nine months is what I said a while ago, Peyton. Is that about right? But myself, like many coaches in the National Football League, uh, spent a lot of time trying to beat him. Uh, about the last 17 years, uh, had many opportunities, wasn't very successful. As a matter of fact, Patrick Smythe reminded me today that your record when I was in Houston was 10 and 2 against me. And I told Patrick, I said, Patrick, you know, his record this year was 10 and 2 as a starter, and I think he was 10 and 2 or 10 and 1 or 10 and 0 against a lot of coaches in this league. So, uh, but I have tremendous respect for you. And throughout my years in the league as a coach, I think we all knew, I knew what he was as a player, what he accomplished as a player, what he was capable of doing as a player. But I think the thing that we all respected is what you were as a person and the way you represented the National Football League. I know as a coach, we get reminded all the time about the shield, protecting the shield, doing right by the National Football League. There could not have been a greater example than yourself throughout the years. But it's been a great nine months. And everything ended the right way for the Denver Broncos. And what a ride it was, but it wasn't easy, was it? It wasn't easy. And what I want to do is I'm going to share a story with everybody. So I know I'm sharing it with all of America today. But I want to do this. I think it's important. And I'll be real quick. But this season was a great one. But it was a tough one. And he and I had some... Tremendous meetings, interesting moments along the way. And I'm going to make it brief, but I want to make a point. We were nine weeks into the season. We were 7-2. and two. We had had a rough day against Kansas City. I knew he wasn't feeling good. I knew his foot was hurting. We went in my office, and I said, you're going to get well. He was not real happy with that, not real happy. But we proceeded on that path to getting him well and trying to hang on as a football team and continue to battle. So over the next seven weeks, we had many meetings, didn't we? Many meetings, many sit-downs. And I remember him coming out of the cast after putting his foot in the cast for a couple of weeks, right, Greek? And he comes out of the cast, and we sit down. And I said, okay, what's the next step? What do we do here? So well, it's time to go back. To okay, once again, for everybody that tuning, that's tuning in, this is the uh, Peyton Manning press conference. It is going on live right now uh, via Nine News NBC in uh, Denver. Currently, Gary Kubiak, the head coach of the Denver Broncos, is addressing the crowd. So we're still awaiting Peyton Manning to come out and talk. So it's going to be a process. You know, I don't want to just stay too long on Kubiak speaking. He obviously talked about the time when he had to bench Peyton because of the injury. And a lot of people know how he struggled in that game against Kansas City. So it's going to be interesting to see what they're going to say. You know, what they're going to say in regards to his future. I should say more about what Peyton wants to do for his future. You know, retiring after 18 years. 
and uh, making it pretty obvious that, you know, he's he's done everything that you really can do at that position as a quarterback. Uh, Two-time Super Bowl champion, tied with his brother Eli. He's going to go down in history as maybe a top-five quarterback all time. Very debatable. See if he is the greatest of all time. Uh, we could always say, you know, Brady has more rings. He's done it with one franchise. But uh, Peyton Manning personified just what it means to really – to be a professional at the quarterback position. I think that's what a lot of people are always going to remember him for and um, be grateful in Nora, you know, playing with him and seeing the type of player that he has become over the years. Now, moving forward for the uh, Denver Broncos, like I said, Brock Osweiler will most likely be the starting quarterback. Um, how the rest of the roster will shape out from there is, you know, what it is what it is. But uh, just, just to give you a little, like, clarity on the entire situation, Regarding Peyton Manning, obviously, he had another year he could have played. Uh, you're still on the contract. He uh, seriously thought about the uh, the possibility of coming back after winning the Super Bowl. Now, we, we've seen how it ended. You know, he goes out on top. Everybody's excited. This is what they wanted for Peyton Manning winning in the Super Bowl. Was it a situation where he just stayed too long? Um, I'm going to have that conversation later with some people. So I can see that. This being an issue moving forward in regards to certain players and do they stay too long? Uh, are we just, you know, are, are we just trying to force any little bit extra out of them? This kind of goes into what the situation with Kobe Bryant with the with the Lakers, except that he's not going to go out on top. Um, it, it's rough seeing a guy who was an idol, uh, uh, person that many people looked up to in regards to the quarterback position or just the game of sports football. The guy's an icon. What can you say? Peyton Manning. I think he deserves everything he's going to get right now. And it's, uh, like I said, it's not a dry eye in the house. It, it, as I'm looking at the press conference video feed, everybody's really emotional about the situation. Um, I don't think Eli or anybody will be. I don't know if the Manning family is there, but if they are, I'm guaranteed there will be some words from them. So it's going to be one of those types of deals. But once again, Peyton Manning done after 18 years in the National Football League. Uh, some of the other things that I want to touch on today, obviously, baseball spring training has finally, finally, I'm not going to say kicked off, teed off. Well, it's finally, uh, it's finally started. How about that? You have Joanna uh, Cespedes basically, you know, signs a new contract with the New York Mets, has a new car every day. He's become his own sideshow. You know, is that a distraction or not? We'll find out. Um, a couple of things. The NBA, we're in the second half of the season. Knicks are not looking too good. Nets not looking too good. Golden State Warriors look excellent, but not too great against the uh, Lakers the other day. So little things going on with the NBA. Uh, we have NCAA. This is March, so March Madness is what it's all about. You got the NCAA tournament about to kick off. Championship week for many teams right now, whether it's the ACC, Big East, a lot of stuff going on in New York in regards to that. So uh, I'm going to be very, very seriously uh, watching the sports, the sports landscape right now because everybody's in play at this point, except for NFL. NFL is the only thing that's not in play. Hockey, we're heading down to the stretch where we're talking about playoff teams. Maybe no Canadian teams are going to make the playoffs this year in the National Hockey League, which be, would be very interesting. And uh, I don't know. It's Like I said, sports, we're, we're getting a little bit of everything it's it's something that I want to hear back from you guys. I know on Twitter, once again, I said at Ed Easton Jr. This is a brand new show. We're just starting off. We're just getting things together. So we're going to be growing together, learning together. This is what it's really all about.
Um, it's just very interesting that I'm doing my first show. It's also the uh, the day that Peyton Manning makes his announcement that he's retiring. So obviously that's going to take precedence on, over anything because I do want to treat this as a news broadcast, a sports news broadcast. This is something that's important that needs to be heard as well as needs to be discussed. So I'm going to make sure once Peyton actually does hit the podium, we will go live to him at any point during this. But uh, once again, Ed Easton here, a um, little different things that we have going on here at Soundcast FM. You're going to hear the show Monday through Thursday live. Once it is live, it will be live Monday through Thursday on Soundcast FM Sports Social. So I just want people to get used to it. Uh, I love what's going on here at the station, just a different energy in terms of everybody working together. We're having this different format change where you're going to have a consistent lineup Monday through Thursday where it's the same personalities where you understand and get to know people and we can build from there. This is a very community-based you know, uh, grassroots type operation here that has plenty of plenty of growth and it's something I'm just happy to be a part of. And it's just something that we all should just join together with. And like I said, if you love sports, then, hey, we're going to have some fun talking on this show. Now, they've gone to break on the press conference, so we're just going to stray away from that for a while. And I, I do want to jump back into the whole spring training discussion. New York Yankees made some deals. For all the Yankee fans out there, they got Sterling Castro, brought him in. The guy, I feel like, is going to be a, a, a real upgrade at second base. Yankees struggled with different players out there. Um, you know, we tried Steven Drew, not really a guy that can hit for average. Had some pop, but half the time the guy was striking out. Didn't see a pitch he didn't like. For that reason, he just can't play second base every day for a team that's always trying to compete for a title. Everybody knows that's the Yankees' mantra. We compete for a titles. I say we because, yes, I am a Yankees fan. That's just the way I roll. I, it's, that's the way I feel about it. Uh, moving forward, they also picked up um, Aroldis Chapman. Now, this is where it got a little controversial. Chapman, back in October, got, you know, there was a whole situation with a domestic issue which got dismissed. Uh, it was the thought that maybe he would miss more time than he actually is. The uh, Major League Baseball already handled, handed down their ruling of 30 games because it, there's just a, a zero tolerance for any type of domestic violence, domestic abuse charges, or any type of rumor of domestic violence that seems to be going around in sports a lot lately. And I, I, see, the, um, I see Major League Baseball taking a stand right away. Even though charges were dismissed against Chapman, to just make sure that he knows that this this is just a message to anyone in Major League Baseball that that is not going to be tolerated moving forward. Uh, also, uh, Jose Reyes is a, another player that's involved in a situation like that. The Colorado Rockies have told him not to show up to spring training, which is very interesting because he's still going to continue to get paid, but he just won't be at spring training. I, I don't know what his future holds, but charges have been filed against him, and he is uh, going to be in court in Hawaii, I believe it is. It's going to be an interesting process with him. We don't know where his career is going to go from there. A uh, very promising young player for the Mets back in the day. Has bounced around a little bit from Miami to Colorado, even Toronto at one point. I don't know where his career goes from this point of view because he could actually see a year, a year-long suspension now. Yeah, a year-long suspension for domestic violence, and that's just the way it goes. And you know what? Seems like Peyton Manning has approached the podium, and we're going to go live to him right now. This is Sports Social with Ed Easton. We're going to go live to Peyton Manning. 
in my very first NFL game, I completed my first pass to Hall of Fame running back Marshall Falk. I threw a touchdown in that same game to Marvin Harrison, who will be inducted into the Hall of Fame this August. The quarterback for our opponent, the Miami Dolphins, was, after my dad, my favorite player, Hall of Famer Dan Marino, who on the first third down of the game completed a 25-yard skinny post, and it was the damnedest throw I'd ever seen. Later, I completed the pass to tight end Marcus Pollard down the middle, and somebody hit me really hard, and after I got up, I told myself, I know I can play in this league. Later in that struggling season, we played in and lost to Baltimore. It was the first time that the Colts had returned to Baltimore since they had moved back in 1984. We didn't exactly get a warm reception that day. Fans were screaming at me, and I kept thinking, hey, I was only eight years old then. Get off of my back. I had met him once before, but when the game was over, I had a chance to shake Johnny Unitas' hand. He told me, Peyton, you stay at it. I'm pulling for you. Well, I have stayed at it. I've stayed at it for 18 years. And I hope that old number 19 is up there with his flat top and maybe his black high tops on. And I hope he knows that I have stayed at it and maybe he's even a little proud of me. There's just something about 18 years. 18 is a good number. And today I retire from pro football. I want to thank the people of New Orleans and South Louisiana. New Orleans is my hometown. And of course, they support their own team, the Saints, but they also support their own. And that city and state have backed me from the start. Almost 19 years ago to the day, I announced my decision to forego the draft and stay at the University of Tennessee for my senior year. It was one of the smartest decisions I've ever made. I cherished my time in Knoxville, especially my senior year. And I want Vol fans everywhere to know the unique role that you've played in my life. Thank you to the Indianapolis Colts organization and all the fans across this country. You can't fathom how much I enjoyed my 14 years there or the warmth that my family feels for you. I'd be wrong not to mention Jim Ursay, Bill Polian, some great coaches, support staff, and a host of wonderful Colts teammates, many of whom will be lifelong friends. When I was drafted by the Colts, Indianapolis was a basketball and a car racing town. But it didn't take long for the Colts to convert the city and state of Indiana into football evangelists. We ended my rookie season 3-13. and and in the process, I set the NFL rookie record for interceptions, a record that I still hold today. <laughs> Every year, I pull for a rookie quarterback to break that record. <laughs> Andrew Luck, Matthew Stafford, Eli Manning, Cam Newton. I still kid Eli that he would have broken it if he had started all 16 games. In the beginning of my time in Indy, the team's struggles were agonizing. My grandfather would call me weekly to ask if his favorite announcers John Madden and Pat Summerall will be broadcasting our game. Pawpaw, I'd say, we're only two and eight right now. We're playing the three and seven Bengals. Madden and Summerall don't broadcast those kinds of games. Fast forward to my second year when we had gotten things going a little bit. We were playing the Dallas Cowboys, including Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith, Michael Irvin, and Deion Sanders. I called Pawpaw, guess what? 
Madden and Summerall are broadcasting the game. He said, I can't believe it. <laughs> he was elated. He was very proud. And we beat the Cowboys that week. And we let the world know that the Colts had arrived. Make no mistake about it. We were coming. And we went on to do some phenomenal things, like winning at least 12 games seven years in a row. And of course, winning Super Bowl 41. And I was truly honored and proud to be a part of it. There's a saying that goes, treat a man as he is, and he will remain as he is. Treat a man as he could be, and he will become what he should be. When I visited Denver four years ago, if John Elway had sat me down and said, Peyton, here's what we're going to do. We're going to win over 50 games, win four straight division championships, lose only three division games in four years, and none will be on the road. We'll beat the Patriots in two championship games. You're going to win NFL Comeback Player of the Year, another MVP. Your offense will set single-season passing records. You'll break a couple more all-time records, and we'll go to a couple of Super Bowls. I think I would have taken that deal. <laughs> John, you did tell me that, didn't you? Grateful is the word that comes to my mind when thinking of the Denver Broncos. I want to thank Pat Bowen and his family, Joe Ellis, John Elway, John Fox, Gary Kubiak, and their staffs for, and all the support people in this great organization. To all of my Denver teammates, thank you for what you've done for this old quarterback. And of course, my gratitude to the Broncos fans everywhere. Over my NFL career, I've had five head coaches who helped me become better at my craft and helped me become a better human being. Jim Mora, Tony Dungy, Jim Caldwell, John Fox, Gary Kubiak. While I've obviously changed teams, I've had the same football representation for almost two decades. I owe Tom Condon many thanks. He has represented me with class at every juncture, and he'll always be a great friend. I want to thank a tremendous group of friends who have supported my football career and been at my side at games from high school to Tennessee, Indy, and through that incredible Broncos Super Bowl win last month. You know who you are and what you mean to me. And there is no way to measure or properly express what a family like mine can mean. Mom, Dad, Cooper, Eli, extended family, you are the best. And Ashley, your support is as potent a motivator as any man could have. Ashley's and my kids, Marshall and Mosley, have only been around for a couple of years, but they have changed my life forever. A week before the Super Bowl, our daughter Mosley asked me, Daddy, is this the last game? Yes, Mosley, it's the last game of the season. I sure do want you to win that trophy. I do too, Mosley. And that's what we're going to try to do. Then she asked, Daddy, is this the last game ever? And that's just when I shook my head in amazement, because I was thinking Mort and Adam Schefter had gotten to my five-year-old daughter to cultivate a new source. <laughs> When someone thoroughly exhausts an experience, they can't help but revere it. I revere football. I love the game. So you don't have to wonder if I'll miss it. Absolutely, absolutely, I will. Our children are small now, but as they grow up, we're going to teach them to enjoy the little things in life because one day they'll look back and discover that those really were the big things. So here are the seemingly little things that when I look into my rearview mirror have grown much bigger. I'm going to miss.
a steak dinner at St. Elmo's in Indianapolis after a win. My battles with players named Lynch, Lewis, Thomas, Bruschi, Fletcher, Dawkins, Seau, Erlocker, Palomalu, Harrison, Woodson, and Reed. And with coaches like Fisher, Ryan, Belichick, Kiffin, Phillips, Rivera, LeBeau, Cornell, Capers, Lewis, the late Jim Johnson, and so many more. I always felt like I was kind of playing against that middle linebacker or that safety or that defensive coach. I miss figuring out blitzes with Jeff Saturday, Reggie sitting on top of the bench next to me and perfecting a fake handoff to Edgerman James. I miss Demarius Thomas telling me that he loved me and thanking me for coming to Denver after every touchdown I threw to him. I miss putting in a play with Tom Moore and Adam Gase that ends in a touchdown on Sunday. On Fridays, I'll miss picking out the game balls with my equipment, guys. And talking football with the broadcast crews before the game, and afterwards, I'll miss recapping the game with my dad and checking to see if the Giants won and calling Eli as we're both on our team buses. I miss that handshake with Tom Brady, and I miss the plane rides after a big win with 53 teammates standing in the aisles, laughing and celebrating during the whole fight. I miss playing in, some, in front of so many great fans, both at home and on the road. And I'll even miss the Patriot fans in Foxborough. And they should miss me, because they sure did get a lot of wins off of me. And this is important. Football fans everywhere need to know how much they've meant to me over the years. Fans, you are at the core of what makes this game remarkable. I've received more letters from you than I can count. Fan letters that have touched me, made me think, laugh, and moved me to act. I've learned a lot through my mistakes, stumbles, and losses in football. I've also learned that this game is a mighty platform that has given me a voice that can echo well beyond the game. Football has taught me not to be led by obstructions and setbacks, but instead to be led by dreams. Due to some good genes, I'm smart enough to know that those lessons can enrich who I am and where I go from here. I'm totally convinced that the end of my football career is just the beginning of something I haven't even discovered yet. Life is not shrinking for me. It's morphing into a whole new world of possibilities. Pundits will speculate that my effort and drive over the past 18 years were about mastery and about working to master every aspect of the NFL game. Well, don't believe them. Because every moment, every drop of sweat, every bleary-eyed night of preparation, every note I took, and every frame of film I watched was about one thing, reverence for this game. When I look back on my NFL career, I'll know without a doubt that I gave everything I had to help my teams walk away with a win. There were other players who were more talented, but there was no one who could out-prepare me. And because of that, I have no regrets. There's a scripture reading, 2 Timothy 4, 7. I have fought the good fight, and I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Well, I've fought a good fight. I've finished my football race. And after 18 years, it's time. God bless all of you, and God bless football.
All right, that was Peyton Manning right there, giving his final goodbyes to the NFL. And in about a couple of minutes, we're going to check in with Stan Talouise. He's the uh, head football correspondent for KeepingItRealSports.com. And uh, we're going to check with him in a couple of seconds. Just going to take a quick music break. But once again, we're going to have uh, Stan Talouise give his thoughts on it. And you're listening to Sports Social here on Soundcast FM. Be right back. Baby girl, you know my situation. And sometimes I know you get impatient. But you don't put on a show to get ovations. Take it to court and go through litigations. And I respect your gangster. Treat you like a princess and put some on your neck to thank you. She's my pinch hitter. When it's starting line up and playing right, I come off the bench with her. It might sound like I'm gassing you, but it takes time to get from the backseat to the passenger. We've been creeping and sneaking just to keep it from leaking. We so deep in our freaking and we don't sleep on the weekend. Wifey's a little bit uptight. Wonder why I keep coming home in the middle of the night. It'll be a right. If y'all bump heads, it'll be a fight. But I said it'll be a right. Come on. I really wanna be with you. I wanna be real with you. I can't leave you alone. And I know I'm living wrong, but I can't let you go. You're the one I want in my life. Already got a wife. I can't leave you alone. And I know I'm living wrong, but I can't let you go. You ain't never step out of line or get out of pocket. So I made sure Canary sit out your pocket. All right, we are back here. Sports Social here on Soundcast FM. Tuning in right now. Uh, we also have actually chiming in right now, Mr. Stan Talouise. He's the head football correspondent for KeepItRealSports.com. Stan, can you hear me? Yep. All right, Stan, welcome aboard, man. Listen, uh, I'm glad to be a uh, part of this. Um, you know, we've worked together for years, so, you know, I'm glad... My knowledge is useful for something. Wow, you sounded very like not sure. Not sure if your knowledge was useful, since your knowledge is always useful. Well, you're right. <laughs> All right, Stan. Uh, I know you were tuning in to the um, the very. It was very sad. Uh, Peyton Manning press conference. His announcing his retirement after 18 years in the NFL. What do you think of his speech? Listen, man. Uh, listening. I, I wasn't watching. I was listening to it on the radio and. Uh, I gotta say, um, it it's he, he was it was very thoughtful. It was written out. It was very thoughtful. Um, it, it was a little tough to listen to because you, you, that's not a side of Peyton Manning we're used to seeing. You know, he's he's not usually this vulnerable, and you know, especially when he's talking about his daughter and he made that joke about Adam Schefter and, and Chris Mortensen getting to his kids. And it, it's it, it was. It was sad, man. It was sad. This is the guy who's, you know, he's 30, 40 years old almost, and he's spent the majority of his life playing football, and now he's, he's pretty much done. So, it, it's tough. It's, it's, it's interesting because, you know, obviously the, the whole Adam Schefter joke I thought was it was great. It was hilarious. Um, it, Watching him in tears, just, you know, the fact that he was just breaking. Yeah, watching him in tears, like the fact that he was breaking yeah, down like absolutely, that. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and, and listen, we see this all the time with uh, with uh, retirement speeches. We see it. Um, we saw it with Favre, and we saw it with uh, with other guys. It, it, it's just you know part of the course. But it's 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 not that it's different with Peyton, but it's just it, it kind of reminded us 
that he's still just a guy that spent the last 18 years playing in NFL, four years before that in, 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 in college football, and, you know, who knows how many years before that playing uh, before he got to college. I mean, it's it's one of those situations where, you know, you have to take away, uh, you know, our thoughts because a lot of these guys, and I was saying this in earlier in the broadcast, a lot of these guys, we look up to them like they're superheroes. You know, we, we don't think that they could actually get tired, retire, get old. Uh, it's kind of like the Kobe Bryant situation. Yeah. Do you, what do you feel like the NFL goes without having a Peyton Manning there? Because you got to be honest, the guy was in his last year, in his final year, still had about maybe 10 commercials out. So he was still very popular and very relevant in the yeah. league. Absolutely, absolutely. And, I mean, he's the spokesman for pretty much everything, you know, nationwide, uh, you know, um, Papa John's, you name it. And, I mean, you can expect that he's going to be around the game. He's, he's still going to be around the game. But to stop playing, I think, is a whole different is a whole different thing. It's it's going to be a whole different thing. I, I, where do you think he goes, actually? Since we're saying he's going to be around the game, is he a coach because he has such a great mind, or is he a broadcaster because I he's think, so entertaining? I think for the next year, he tries to stay away. I think he stays away for, like, the next year. Maybe he jumps right into broadcasting. I think it's too much It's too much uh, for him to jump in right away. Um, all the great quarterbacks, you know, Dan Marino, at one point, you know, after he retired, took some time off, and then... Uh, got into got into broadcasting. I can see the same thing for Peyton. You know, maybe a small role in a movie. Maybe you know, does more commercials. You know, he, maybe he just rests. But I, I can see him in a few years, like when two three years get done the line, maybe joining like the CBS crew with Boomer Siason and Dan Marino and and those guys. Yeah, I mean, uh, Dan Marino is, has been going for a year, and I can see him being a better Dan Marino, in my opinion. Just yeah. by his, because he's he's more of an entertainer, you know. And yeah. I, I honestly, I can see him doing play by play. Is that too yeah, far fetched? He's very knowledgeable. The reason I don't think he'd he'd be a coach, at least not yet. I think the, the best quarterback coaches are the guys that weren't great quarterbacks. Great quarterbacks tend to not make great coaches. Um, you look at uh, Jason Garrett, uh, Gary Kubiak. These are guys that were backup quarterbacks. You know, maybe they had you know a couple starts here and there, but like. I think there'd be it'd almost be like too much pressure for Peyton Manning to succeed as a quarterback coach or as a head coach or or, or as an offensive coordinator. Right, right. Once again, we're here with Stan Talouise, keep it a real sports football guru or head correspondent, whatever he wants to be called. That's what he is. Guru, I like guru. Let's go with guru. You like guru? Okay. I, I like it. Okay, we're gonna go with football guru, and and I, you know I go to you, Stan, because obviously you do a great job on the uh, weekly rankings whenever we're during the season. But um, in my opinion, your claim to fame, your uh, the thing I feel like you're, you're most known for is your mock drafts. And you uh, sent out your first mock draft. Now, currently the website is under construction, should be done within a week, and people can see it. But uh, can you give them, you know, especially after the combine, your thoughts on who is the top pick, who do you feel like the Giants will be getting, and, and just so on in terms of, like, whose stock is up and down? Well, uh, the top pick for me, uh, I think the Titans, unless they trade out, uh, I think the top pick should be Laramie Tunsil, the, the uh, offensive tackle out of Ole Miss. Uh, he shows uh, all the all the intangibles for a great left tackle. Um, he's strong, he's quick, he's got quick feet, he's, got, he's very agile for a guy his size. Um, last year, the Titans obviously picked Marcus Mariota. Now you go out and get a guy to protect him. I think that's the that's the right way to go. 
Um, if the Titans do trade out, it depends on who gets that who gets that number one overall pick. Um, another guy pe- people could consider as the number one overall pick, uh, maybe uh, Joey Bosa is a possibility. I don't yeah. see it, but people do. Um, as far as uh, moving down the line, you're talking about the two quarterbacks people are talking about the most, Jared Goff out of Cal and Carson Wentz out of uh, North, North Dakota State. Personally, I think Carson Wentz is a better prospect, even though he did go to a, a smaller school, played in North, North Dakota State. Uh, Jared Goff is more polished, I will say that. But when I watch Carson Wentz, I watch him at the Senior Bowl, and I watch him, you know, I watch some of his highlights at North Dakota, North Dakota State. I watched him at, you know, I, 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 I saw enough of Carson Wentz to say, I think this guy's got a lot of skill. He reminds me a lot of Aaron Rodgers in that he's mobile. He's very accurate. He's got a strong arm. Um, the issue I have with uh, with Jared Goff is his, is his hand size. Hand size has been a thing people are talking about the last few years. Um, you know, guys with bigger hands tend to be more successful. Russell Wilson, even though he was under 5'10", mm-hmm. you know, he had huge hands. You see, the, uh, you see people talking about this now more and more. I don't think it's a huge deal, but Jared Goff, if you go back to his tape, his freshman year at Kyle, he had trouble handling handling the uh, the snap. He had trouble trouble, you know, holding on to the football. Um, he had five fumbles one in one game his freshman year. He's cleaned a lot, a lot of that up, but he's a guy that I think will go in the top five. Um, expect, I think uh, the the Cowboys would look at either one of those guys because you know Carson Wentz would would flourish behind that offensive line. Uh, now here's my thing with, with Carson Wentz, and I, I'm not maybe I'm in the minority here, but he went to a smaller college, right? Yes. Now does that hold any type of weight when it comes to the draft? I always feel like he hasn't gone up against the best competition and, and you know the best defenses. It's, it's kind of like being a big fish in a small pond. Yeah, I mean you can you can look at it either way. You can look at it either way. Um, some of the best quarterbacks we've seen come from small schools. Tony Romo came out was undrafted, came out of uh, University of Louisiana Lafayette. Uh, you look at um, Joe Flacco. He went to Delaware State. I mean, even though he was a transfer from Michigan, he still, you know, he played at, at, uh, for the Blue Hens. So it's it's going to a big school doesn't necessarily make you uh, a better quarterback than anybody else. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, if the if he's got all the measurables, he's got the size, he's got the speed, he's got the skill, he's got the arm strength. It's at this point whether or not he's coachable. I think he is. And if you if from everything I'm hearing about from the combine. Uh, Carson Wentz came in not cocky but very confident in the skills, and I think a lot of teams like that. All right, so you know what? That's actually something that's going to be very interesting to look at. Now, another thing that's been uh, pretty much up for debate is the running back situation. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Everybody seems to say he's going to be the first running back taken, and then Henry will go as the second running back. Uh, a lot of boards have um, Elliott going to the Giants. Now, I think you're one of those people that don't believe in that, and can you tell us why? Uh, I, I just think that there's the way the running back position is. Running backs are cheap. You can get running backs just about anywhere. You can get value just about anywhere. I also think that Ezekiel Elliott is sort of a once in a once in a not generation, but once in a, a blue moon prospect. I think if the Giants did take him at ten, I wouldn't be upset with it. Um, he's that kind of prospect. He's very very good. I will say, Derrick Henry is also very very good. Um, he, a lot of people, I've seen Marks have him in the second round, which is possible, but at the same time, you look at his measurables. The last time there was a running back over six feet tall that had a 37 inch vertical or higher and weighed, weighed at over uh, uh, close to uh, 230 pounds was Adrian Peterson. Derrick Henry mm. has those measurables and he ran a similar 40 to Adrian Peterson. 
I would not sleep on on, on Derrick Henry. That should be very interesting. So you can see a team possibly taking him late in the first round. Um, Absolutely, especially with the with the success that Don really had last year. I think it's time with you know running backs are starting to get back into in, into uh, the the first round again. It, like you look at you people want to talk about it's a passing league. Demar, uh, Darren McFadden last year had over a thousand yards receiving. So like the league is a passing league, but running backs are still useful. If you can catch out of the backfield, there's no reason to believe that a running back can't be valuable if you take him in the t- in the first round. Okay, now. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how that whole thing sets up. What I'm actually afraid of, we're talking about Derrick Henry going in the uh, first round, late in the first round. What is the possibility that the New England Patriots take him? My God. Um, I don't think the Patriots are going to do that. I think the Patriots are going to, are going to look to, uh, to fill their running back needs. I think Matt Forte is someone who could look to go to the Patriots and revitalize his, his career after a down, a down year and a half. Um, I think that, you know, there are a lot of guys that are free agents that the, the Patriots could look at. The Patriots tend to avoid running backs in, in, in the in the draft. The last time they drafted a running back uh, any any higher than the second or third round, it took uh, Lawrence Moroni, and that didn't really work out for them. Um, I think the uh, the Patriots are, would look to to get some depth along some other positions, along the, along the offensive line, along the defensive line. Uh, you saw what happened against the uh, against the Broncos. Uh Marcus Gallen, their their tackle, just you know he got his lunch taken from him. So I would expect the Patriots to look to solidify their their offensive line before they look to upgrade any skill position because the Patriots do what the Patriots do and they find guys to 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 fill in the spots at, at skill positions. Okay, now once again today's uh, I've been a big cut down day for a lot of teams. Uh, a lot of big free agents are hitting the market. Anybody that really stands out, obviously besides RG three. Uh, any other story out there that really stands out to you? Uh, one guy I'm, I would definitely look at, uh, Roddy White. Um, he had a couple down years with the, with the Falcons. The guy is still a skilled receiver. He's not the guy, he's not the burner he once was, but he's still a very good possession receiver. He can go to a, a team like the Colts and be, you know, uh, a, 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 a solid possession receiver. Uh, not a slot guy, but definitely like a third receiver. Um, he says he wants to stay in the South. You know, Carolina could use a guy like that. I, he's from Alabama, so I, I, I could see him staying in that general area. Um, so Roddy White's one of those guys. Um, RG3, like you mentioned, I think it, uh, right now his options are wide open. I think his best bet uh, is to either go to Houston or go to Dallas. I think, you know, the, the state of Texas is where, is where he'll be embraced. Uh, he can go there and pretty much... Uh, either sit behind Romo and and he'll get to play behind a great offensive line, or he can go to Houston and, and really try to revitalize his career. Um, this is the last thing I want to bring up. Uh, I know you're a busy guy right now, but uh, Victor Cruz, we've been hearing that the Giants are asking him to take a pay cut or he's gone. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, Victor Cruz should absolutely take a pay cut. Victor Cruz has done nothing in the last two years. Uh, he was supposed to come back, you know, late uh, season before and he's supposed to come back, you know, last season and you know, we don't know what Victor Cruz is. So even if it's not, a, even if we uh, we knew what Victor Cruz was, I think he still, he should still take a pay cut because he hasn't contributed much. Um, but the fact that we don't know how healthy he is and we don't know uh, whether he's healthy enough to play, I, I think those are reasons for him to take a pay cut. Now, I, 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 I hope that he doesn't get cut. 
but it wouldn't it wouldn't bother me that much because you know as we know this is a business and the smart it would be it would be in his in, in his best interest to take a pick at I think. All right, definitely in his best interest. Hey, I'm a, I'm a huge Victor Cruz fan. Obviously, with a Giants fan, I would love for him to still stick around and see him absolutely, and Beckham together. But it's a business, you know, and uh, we got to all learn that, I guess, at the end of the day, right? Absolutely. So, um, once again, Stan, thank you so much, man, for being I just on my. I want to say one thing. Um, the draft is uh, coming up. My mock draft. Uh, I'm working on it now. I was. I'm waiting until after free agency and settles down to kind of. Get my mock draft settled down, but I think it's going to be a good one this year. This year's draft is going to be fun. A lot of, a lot of defensive tackles, man. A lot of defensive tackles. I, I, I really love this draft. <laughs> That's what you're about. You love the defense, so yeah, I know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, Stan. Uh, we'll definitely be chiming, with, chiming in with you every week, so thanks again, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks. All right. Bye. That was Stan Talouise. He's definitely our head football guy. Or keep it a real sports.com, which is the main sponsor for this show, Sports Social with Ed Easton. So uh, we got plenty of more to talk. We got plenty more to talk about. As you see, I'm still nervous. It's my first show, so I'm just still getting into it for everybody that's listening. So we're going to play a little music. It's Monday. It's a music Monday. So we got some music for everybody just to, to really just break out of that whole weekend funk, okay? We'll be right back. I'm so reckless when I rock my Givenchy dress I'm so possessive so I rock his rock necklaces My daddy Alabama, mama Louisiana You mix that Negro with that Creole, make a Texas Bama in my bag swag oh yeah baby oh yeah oh yes i like that i did not come to play with you hoes (laughs) i came to slay bitch i like cornbreads and collard greens bitch oh yes you best to believe it y'all haters corny with that illuminati mess Paparazzi catch my fly and my cocky fresh I'm so reckless when I rock my Givenchy dress I'm so possessive so I rock his rock necklaces My daddy Alabama, mama Louisiana You mix that Negro with that Creole, make a Texas Bama in my bag. I see it, I want it. I took yellow bonnet. I dream it, I work hard. I grind till I own it. I twirl all the middles. I no alligators. A Camino with a Cielo. Sipping Cuervo and all this. I go hard. I go hard. I go hard. Yeah, what's mine? Hey, what's mine? I'm a star. I'm a star. Cause I slay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
get your song played on the radio station. that little formation beyonce just a little something's a music monday here on sports social with ed easton we just had stan talawis on the line and um you know what it's a lot of crazy things going on and come when it comes to free agency and the nfl uh we were just talking about how victor cruz doesn't you know he he had one of the worst injuries i think ever for a wide receiver and that's a bad knee injury you don't when you lose your legs it's hard to really come back especially in football and it's funny because he went through this whole process that he documented and talked about he's going to come back. Um, I think it was called I Am Giant. It premiered on Showtime. And it showed him going through the whole process of rehab, you know, talking about his career, his life, how he's going to be back, that it's not going to be such a big deal. And having setback after setback after setback, not having played in a year and a half, uh, the guy's still getting paid top dollar, you know, for what he did two years ago. The Giants, it had to be hard to just approach him and say, you know, this is a business. At the end of the day, you're going to have to take a pay cut or we're going to let you go. That had to be the hardest thing to tell a player like Victor Cruz, a guy that's been with you through thick and thin. The guy's won a Super Bowl. He's been the the main guy for the uh, last couple of years before Beckham came through. It's, It's a tough situation for the organization, but, you know, obviously under Ben McAdoo, there's going to be a different way in, in which they spread the ball around. I don't know if they're going to have a high emphasis on having a, a, another big wide receiver next to Beckham. I think it'll be helpful. Uh, we've been hearing different things about possibly Josh Gordon being the guy that the Giants want to covet and want to pick up. Uh, they show that Ruben Randall is not a number two wide receiver in this league. And that, that was one of the biggest struggles, I think, for the Giants this past season but uh, Victor Cruz, uh, a really beloved character, obviously the whole salsa dance and everything that he brought to not just the Giants but the NFL, he had a decision to make. Do I take a little less you know, pay or do I uh, go somewhere else and see if I'm worth anything else out there? I personally don't think he's worth a lot of money anywhere else, but you you know, this, this market surprises you. Uh, another guy, and since we're on a Giants kick right now, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul. We all know his incident with uh, blowing off some of his fingers and playing – half the season with just one hand and he was pretty good i'm not gonna i'm not gonna knock the guy you know we can knock him obviously for knocking his own fingers off but he played pretty well you saw the limitations on certain plays where he couldn't wrap anybody up because he has the big club on that right hand 
And uh, it's going to be interesting to see what teams do with him. Does he come back to the Giants on with less money? Does he go um, explore options? And does a team take a chance on a guy with practically just one hand? That's really the biggest discussion going forward. If you're uh, a Jason Pierre-Paul fan or even in his camp, how do you handle this situation? How do you prove the teams that you can still play at a high level and uh, make make a difference on the field? Uh, RG3 was a guy that was brought up. Obviously, he was just released. Now, I could be in the minority when I say this, but I feel like he got a raw deal. Kirk Cousins was brought in to be the backup. They were both drafted the same year. I feel like after RG3 had that amazing year, they played him on a bad a bad knee, which everybody could tell was not right in that playoff game against the Seattle Seahawks. I believe this was about three seasons ago. I I feel like he's never been the same. I, I remember him coming in and they're saying, we're going to make him a pocket passer. He was never really a pocket passer in college. How do you make somebody into something that they're not? It's not like you're improving him. You're taking away a weapon. His legs are a weapon. Him running around, scrambling, making plays down the field, that's a big weapon that he brought to the game. One of the fastest players out there, and yes, he happens to be a quarterback. I'm never going to put him in the same comparison as Michael Vick. Because the difference is, RG3 made a lot of accurate passes, and he did hit a lot of his wide receivers that first year. Now, there's a lot to be said about him in the locker room. Yes, yes, we see the positive quotes and everything on Instagram, Twitter, whatever social media handle he is using. But we've always heard the rumors about, you know, offensive line doesn't want to block for him. The, the team doesn't really rally around him. And that's a big deal if you are the quarterback. I don't know if this had anything to do with Cousins because they rallied behind Cousins almost immediately. Which surprised me, for the backup quarterback to get so much love within the locker room, more than a starting quarterback that led them to winning the division three years ago and into a playoff game. There's a lot to be said there. I, I feel like there's a lot that we don't know that will always come out because that seems to be the way things work. Things seem to come out you know, like a couple of days, a couple of days after the release, now that he's not a part of the franchise, you can't be so, you know, hush hush about certain things. Uh, definitely wherever RG3 does go, if it is Dallas as a backup or any other organization, it'll be something to really talk about. What is RG3 really the problem? I I don't want to say he is, but I feel like there is there's an interesting dynamic that a guy like Kirk Cousins, who came in right away, they say, hey, you're the backup when he was drafted right, you know, in the same draft as RG3. He starts this whole, you know, you like that chant that seemed to just start spreading around the uh, the Washington, you know, nation, Washington Redskins nation, if you want to call it that. I, I really am very curious to see how most Redskins fans will respond to this. Are they okay deep down inside with Kirk Cousins, who they're going to shoot? They showed the money to, I believe. Are they okay with him as being the guy, not RG3, the guy you coveted, the guy that you said was the franchise? Is it really going to be Kirk Cousins? So that's going to be a very interesting thing to, to play out in, uh, in the DMV area over there. So, uh, hey, everybody has their questions. Of course, if we're just, you know, it's funny, we're still talking. This is all in the NFC East. That's how crazy the NFC East was this year. We're still just talking about that. We don't know who's going to back up Tony Romo, who just had another surgery the other day. 
he's a guy I think has another year left maybe of being effective. You got a young wide receiver, still young wide receiver in Des Bryant. You got a running back situation, which was by committee, but you had McFadden who played very well. There's the possibility that DeMarco Murray, who plays for the Eagles, could possibly come right back to the Cowboys. It's just question marks. And, like, you know, like I said, everything's like a segue. We just talked about the Cowboys situation kind of bleeds over to the Eagles situation with DeMarco Murray. Paid all this money. Barely used by Chip Kelly. They blame Chip Kelly like everyone else blamed Chip Kelly. What happens with DeMarco Murray? Is he your running back or are you trying to deal him? And he goes back to where he loves, and that's Dallas. Interesting, interesting stuff. And then, you know, just to add a little icing on the cake, they give Sam Bradford a new deal. Now, I'm not a big Sam Bradford hater. I was actually, you know, a fan of his when he got drafted by the Rams back in the day. The St. Louis Rams, not the L.A. Rams. I feel like when you look at a guy like Sam Bradford, there's just not enough. There's always, they're still using the word potential. I've never seen a seven-year quarterback still get the word potential be tagged on him. I, I don't get it. If Sam Bradford has potential RG3, who has only been in the league about four years or maybe three years, I should say. What do you call him? I guess he's a bust. But forget, Sam Bradford's still potential. He's shown so much potential. I don't, I just, somebody has to really explain that to me, you know. I understand we're not a live show today, but I'd really be asking everyone, whether it's on Twitter, to hit me up at Ed Easton Jr. on Twitter, Instagram, uh, I would say mostly Twitter because I'll hit you back faster there because I'll get the alert. Um, you know, also call me up live once we are live, and I know we will be soon, 516-900-2278 to Soundcast FM Studio. I wonder, I really wonder what is what puts this 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 whole decision out there. Who is potential and who's a bust? I always thought a bust was somebody that had the ball in their hands, that was out there every day, and never got it done. That, to me, is a bust. All this praise in the beginning, it just never got it done. Sam Bradford has never gotten it done. But he has potential. He has potential. I, I just, I'm like I said, I'm flabbergasted by it. I don't know what people really expect in regards to that. And like I said, I don't hate Sam Bradford. I just hate the fact that it's a situation that doesn't make sense. But I guess things could be worse. They got Mark Sanchez. That could be the backup. I don't know. It's, it's Philadelphia. I, you know, I'm a Giants fan, but the Eagles do what they want to do. I, I has a lot of things they've done that I really don't understand with Shady McCoy, but he's another guy that pretty much stays in trouble. So I guess they knew something behind the scenes there. And, you know, you, you just got to deal with it. As it goes. Um, like I said, we talked about the combine, uh, things going on in the draft, people moving up and down, Ezekiel Elliott. I thought he was a fantastic player. I mean, Ohio State, I thought he was a I thought he was the guy, and and I, I can't see how teams will pass up on him past the tenth. I want Giants, I want the Giants to take him as a Giants fan at number 10. And then you got Derrick Henry, which you're kind of like. Well, you know, Derrick Henry's pretty good, too. Like, the way Stan um, so eloquently broke it down, you got yourself thinking, like, man, 
this would be very, very interesting if he became the next Adrian Peterson. The measurements are there. The stats are there via the uh, combine. Heisman Trophy winner. Something to think about. This is something to really mull over. You know, you got to say, hey, why not Derrick Henry? Very talented young player. Um, I, I think whatever team does get him, if he's a le- at least second-round pick, they're going to have fun with that. But a lot of it is going to deal with free agency, who gets picked up with who. You got guys like Matt Forte out there, Arian Foster out there. If you talk talking to me two years ago, my God, what a fantasy roster that would be. Arian Foster? Arian, he got a touchdown almost every time he touched the football. Matt Forte? He's a guy that, you know, he caught about like a good – 80 catches, and uh, he'll run for 1,000 yards and catch for, you know, he gave you a little bit of everything. But they had down years. They had injuries. Just like that in the NFL, you're expendable. I just talked about two running backs in the draft. And then you also have another two running backs just trying to hang on, just trying to get a job. And just to really just bring it all full circle, since I'm on a, a big running back kick right now, the uh, the great running back for um, St. not St. Louis anymore. Look, I got to get used to this. The L.A. Rams running back is is having issues right now, and and you just look at that situation where a young player. I don't know if this guidance there. Uh, I don't know how they run these things, but I just don't want it to be another Shady McCoy situation or you know uh, all these other horrible stories that you hear. I mean, the guy was tased by uh, by the police. Like, this is this isn't a light story. You know, I, I had to. I, it just really crossed my mind. I had never heard of, I had never heard of it until today, and I was like, really? That's that's terrible. But um, this is the the type of world we live in. The guy was tased. I don't know if he's if he did anything that caused it to be tased. You know, it's one of those situations where you have to just wait and see. But um, we're gonna be we're gonna be definitely watching. We're definitely gonna be watching. Doug Martin's another guy I wanted to bring up. Doug Martin's out there, top running back in the league. Came from um, from Tampa Bay, which had to be a tough situation playing with a rookie quarterback and a guy put up amazing numbers. So uh, he's another guy that I definitely want to see in a good spot. A lot of things going on in the program today. We still got a lot more time left. The Sports Social with Ed Easton. Coming up, obviously we have another song, but uh, coming up we do have Dr. Black. Now, if everybody's familiar, obviously, with KeepItARealSports.com, Dr. Black is the co-host of the Doctors of Wrestling. We have a lot of WWE to talk about. It's Monday, Monday Night Raw. WrestleMania is coming up. Why not check in with Black? He's got plenty to say on it, and definitely plenty that... We want to hear about the situation. So going to look forward to um, hearing what he has to say in regards to it. You're listening to Sports Social. I'm Ed Easton. We'll be right back. Swiss only let the beat rock. Southside niggas that know me best I feel like me and Taylor might still have sex Why? I made that bitch famous God damn I made that bitch famous 
For all the girls that got dick from Kanye West If you see him in the streets, give him Kanye's best Why? They mad they ain't famous They mad they still nameless A man in the store trying to try his best But he just can't seem to get Kanye fresh But we still hood famous Yeah, we still hood famous I just wanted you to know I've loved you better than your own candy From the very start, I don't blame you much for wanting to be free. Wake up, Mr. West. I just wanted you to know. I be Puerto Rican day parade floating. That Benz Marina Del Rey coasting. She be Puerto Rican day parade waving. Last month I helped her with the car payment. Young and we alive. We never gonna die. Jet the fly of a personal debt, put one up in the sky. The sun is in my eyes. Woke up and felt the vibe. No matter how hard they try, we never gonna die. I just wanted you to know. We're back, Sports Social, here on Soundcast FM. This is the inaugural episode. going to be in a podcast type of form, so everybody just be ready for it to be live 1 to 3 p.m. on Soundcast FM. Uh, we have a, uh, like I said, we have a special guest on the line, and this is uh, Dr. Black. Dr. Black, how's it going? I'm all right, man. How are you? Going good, man. It's been a while. I know it is. It's been a long time. <laughs> it's been a long time. And uh, we definitely time. we definitely have a lot to catch up on. It's you know going on in the world of wrestling, oh, yeah. Yeah, the road to WrestleMania in the WWE. Yeah, man. Uh, you got a roadblock coming up on Saturday, the WWE Network special. Yeah, we got roadblock. That's coming got up on Saturday. Match going on coming up. Uh, Ambrose versus Triple H for the championship. Even though we all know how that's gonna go. We know how it's going to go, but I'm hearing different rumors in regards to why we're getting all this Ambrose uh, push right now. It hurt as a legit injury from Roman Reigns. This, can you uh, verify that? Oh. oh, yeah, that was a legit injury. He had some problems with his nose, but they just, you know how they do a, a shoot angle, you know, write your TV type angle. That was more like a write. Uh, oh, that was a reason to write him off. So it's like he was already hurt before that. And he said, let's yeah. just beat him into the thing. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, let's fix his nose. So he needed to get his nose fixed. They had to sell it on TV the best way they can to make it look legit. Like, it was done by Triple H, but, you know. Well, that's fair. That's fa- that's usually what they do. That's fair. Yes, sir. Uh, so you have another big match that we all thought we were going to get at WrestleMania. Uh, Bray Wyatt versus Brock Lesnar on Saturday. 
Okay, Bray Wyatt versus Which, Brock Lesnar. Well, to me, I think they should have set they should this should have been the uh WrestleMania match. They set it up at uh Royal Rumble for the I, I would call them entities because I look at Bray Wyatt as an entity. A be- the beast versus the Eater World. They were gonna clash. They should have clashed at Mania. That it would have been better. It would have been. I mean, I'm not against the Ambrose Lesnar match, but for obvious reasons, Bray versus Brock would have been. I think a lot bigger because you could have done a lot more with it. You could have used Braun Strowman in the future to go against you know Brock Lesnar because they want to give Braun that big push. I mean, it, it could you could have solidified Bray Wyatt as a top guy, putting him against the Beast incarnate. You know what I'm saying? And if he, especially if he went over. But, you know, again, it's a WWE Network special. Even if Bray goes over, it's not as big as if he would go over at WrestleMania. I definitely but agree with I don't that. I see him going over. I agree with that, but you know, there's always money reasons for why certain things happen. Maybe they're saving it for. They have to have a storyline after WrestleMania, so you never know. Yeah, I mean, right now, and then you have the other major thing, man, coming back. So, I mean, it's so many major little storylines that they could have done, things they could have done that they haven't done, or things they think about doing that they're not doing. And et cetera, so forth. So it's one of those, I can't say the word, but it's one of those big clusters, and you know what the other word is. Well, but, yeah, I, no, yeah, and I, I definitely hear what you're saying, yeah. Big things that I think they just need to figure out, you know, the, the way they want to go. Like, at least going forward. After Mania, of course. Definitely. Once again, we're here with. Uh... Dr. Black, the uh, co-host of the Doctors of Wrestling that we feature on KeepItRollSports.com. Once it's up and running. What happened? What happened? Can you hear me now? Uh, Barely. Uh, I'm a little trouble hearing you at the moment. Okay, what about now? You all right, man? Huh? Looks like Black's having a tough connection day. Yeah, it's a tough connection day. It's, right. a, it's a uh, bit static. I hope I'm not on speaker. That'll be it's a tough reason. Am I on speaker? No, no, no. I, I have you. I can. I have you on the receiver, regular. Okay, just making sure. All right. So what's? <laughs> just making sure. Hey, you know, this thing's happened, man. It's the first episode, so. You know, you got to make sure everything... We got to get get through. We got to get through this. You got to fight through the technical problems, little things like that. You know, we're on podcast today. We're not live. So, you know, when we we will be live, it'll be 1 to 3 p.m. So, you know, just people can understand, like, what's going on right now. Um, I started off the show actually um, doing a little bit of the uh, Peyton Manning retirement. Oh, man, I was watching that. I thought he was going to cry. You thought he was going to cry? I thought he was gonna cry. I mean, it was a really emotional speech. Uh, what he brought to the game of football is just amazing. Like, it won't, it won't be, it, it can't be duplicated. It won't be replicated. I mean, you, you won't see another Peyton Manning. You, you can see, uh, you'll see a whole bunch of other quarterbacks come and go, but you, will, there will always be just one Peyton Manning. 
he, no one has put in the work like he has on game day, leading up to game day. And that's like just preparation, dedication, and love for the game. And that's legit love for the game. That, I mean, he seems like the guy who literally spent 12 hours watching breaking down his next opponent. And coming up, and then he probably just sits there writing his own, his own uh, playbook, and his own game plan, like and presents it to his coaches, because that's the type of guy, that's the type of the, the things he sense from Peyton Manning. And again, like I said, there will never be, there won't be another Peyton Manning ever. Hey, hey you know like, what? You know it's funny because um, I do I wanna... salute him and an easily Hall of Famer. So now I want to do this because let's have a little fun with this since. You're a big wrestling guy, and I know you. You know you're in the football, but I do want to make the switch back over uh, to the wrestling angle. Sorry for me to hear you again, sir. Okay, can you hear me now? Blackie, there's that connection, man. I'm telling you, I just had stand on, not a problem. <laughs> so I really want to know what's going on, man. Okay. I got. I got. I might have to break uh, my up next time. <laughs> <laughs> you have the. You have a tough landline. I know what's going on. Um, so just want to wrap it up real quick. Now that, you know, you see Peyton Manning, the way he's, um, you know, making his, his final, he's his final goodbye. What's the next wrestler? We just had Daniel Bryan make his goodbye. I should say that. Yeah. Did it feel anywhere near like, you know, with Daniel Bryan, like his whole goodbye issue and all that? Like, did, did you feel any emotion regards to that? We're talking about just Daniel Bryan now. Again, and then just like Peyton, raw raw emotion from both guys. They love what they do. And because, well, in Peyton's case, he, if he wanted to, he could continue doing it. But I, but obviously him going out as a champion is better. In the case of Daniel Bryan, he was forced to retire because of, you know, and I, well, yeah, injury, we'll say injury, because he was having, you know, seizures after having, like he said, what, three concussions or something to that effect and just like his first year in wrestling. And he's had probably, what, 11 concussions in his career? Maybe, I don't And every time he's had a concussion, roughly, he's been having seizures? That's really something that it was a really smart idea for him to step away as hard as it was for him to step away. But as I said, that raw emotion that he had, he loved to wrestle, just like Peyton Manning loved to play football. These guys love their craft, love doing what they, what they, I won't say born to do. They were bred to do, and now they both are now back up to the sunset. One, obviously, both of them could continue doing it in some capacity, Daniel Bryan as a trainer, Peyton Manning as maybe a, a, a football executive or a head coach somewhere, a quarterback coach or something down the road or in the media. So they both, I mean, both guys are going to have very, very good success in whatever they decide to do. Now they're both retired. So, But, yeah, like I said, both good guys. Both should be all the famous, like, Easily in their in their respective crafts, Brian obviously is gonna probably get him sooner, maybe 
this year, maybe next year. I'm going to say more like next year instead of this year because I think the Hall of Fame classes are set for uh, this year. So I would say 2017 definitely don't don't be surprised if you hear his name get the call in for, you know, the Hall of Fame induction. All right, Black, thank you so much for uh, chiming in. No and, um, definitely, we're gonna make sure this works. This gonna work better. You're gonna have not have to hold the antenna and the uh, the, the wire hanger, <laughs> the aluminum foil next time. Make sure. Back to the 90s, when you had the antenna, you had the pair of pliers. When you had the black and white TV, you had to keep banging the TV to make sure that you get the right reception. We're gonna make sure that connection, man, is better. So you know, all that. Like I said, <laughs> next time you have to just be in studio. So we're gonna no work problem. that out. I thank you for having me on the inaugural episode. No problem, man. You'll hear this later. What happened? I said thank you for having me on the inaugural episode and more and keep and continued success. Thank you very much, man. We'll check out more on your stuff on keepitarealsports.com once it's up and running, which yeah, it will be. Wrestling. We're coming back this week. You're definitely New gonna episode. be back. So uh it's already on the SoundCloud, so if people go to Keep It a Real Sports SoundCloud, you can hear all the episodes as well as some on the website. So you'll see it. Yes. Everything will be updating soon. This is everything is under construction. That's the way we're going to call it. <laughs> All right, well, Thank man. you again for having me, sir. Continue success. All right, we'll man. be talking. All right, man. Take care, all right? Take care. All right. Take care. Oh, man. The interference was real. But this is what it's about. It's the first episode. You don't expect everything to be perfect. And uh, that's that's what this whole show is for. And I just want people to just have an introduction to the type of person I am. I'm going to give my opinions on different things. But I do want everyone, if they, you know, if they want to say something, call up the number 516-900-2278 once we are live. And just really get an understanding of what the show is about. KeepingItRealSports.com powers this show. Um, I do own Keeping It Real Sports. It's something that has something that it, that grows. It grows over time. It's filled with people from the community that have a voice on sports. So they may not be household names yet, but you're going to see a lot of young talent that will be sharing their opinions, giving their analysis, and it's done in such a professional manner, and that's really what this whole thing is about. Um, this show is just a vehicle for that, as well as a vehicle for anyone else that has something they want to say on sports that is not used to like the, you know, the traditional concepts of how they want to do sports radio it's really what I want this show to be, just to really for regular people like myself, like all of you guys out there, just to give our opinions on what's going on, what they feel like is real in sports or not, keeping it real sports. It makes sense. So once again, that's going to be the number I want to be beating into everybody's heads. That's 516-900-2278. At Ed Easton Jr. is my Twitter, so please follow that. And, um, you know, the next episode, we hope to be live. We'll see how it goes. But it was just a great show to just introduce to everybody and um, just get to know the audience. And that's what it's all about. And hopefully we'll grow together. And this is something that will become bigger and bigger as part of Soundcast FM. And until next time, everyone, please, and I say, and I say this, being honest with you, please stay good, stay healthy, stay happy. This was Sports Social.